Welcome to the Practice Impossible Podcast, where your host, Jude Pierre, MD, also known as Coach JPMD, discusses medical practice topics that will guide you through the maze that is the business of medicine and teach you how to increase profits and help populations live long. Your mission, should you choose to accept, is to listen and be transformed. Now, here's your host, Coach JPMD. Welcome to the Practice Impossible Podcast with your host, Coach JPMD, and that's me. So I have a question for you. Who do you learn from? In episode one, I described how physicians learn. This episode will help you understand and have an idea of how our brains work as physicians and the habits that we have developed that uh, make us the person that we are. After my life experiences, I tend to learn from older folks, people who have done it before me, people that are better than me, people that are healthier than I am. And so today we have a distinct honor and privilege to have a discussion about uh, something that I didn't know about many years ago, and that's on grounding and earthing. And if you know nothing about it, I really encourage you to stay tuned and listen, and I am sure you'll be enlightened by this conversation. Conversations with Clint Ober, and he's a pioneer in the field of earthing and grounding and even has a documentary on it on YouTube. It's actually free and I'll link that on the show notes. And I really am happy to be able to bring this conversation to you to help you guys also practice impossible. So here we go. So welcome to the Practice Impossible podcast uh, with your host, Coach JPMD. And today we have the privilege and honor of interviewing and having a conversation with Clint Ober, who is a pioneer in researching grounding and earthing and how it affects our health in this age of technology. And I reached out to Clint a couple of weeks ago, and it, and it was to my surprise that he agreed to be on the Practice Impossible podcast. So I'm going to let <laughs> Mr. Ober introduce himself and tell us a little bit about grounding and the work he's done. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm 78 years old. So when I talk, sometimes I'm referencing things that happened in the late 40s and the 50s. <laughs> which most people are not cannot relate to. But anyhow, I grew up in uh, Montana on a ranch, and I was uh, taught in the early days, it was all about prevention. You know, if there's, and how we got to that is, like we ran cattle. And so my job as a boy was a cow boy, a young man. <laughs> you sit on a horse all day and you babysit cows. And what you're doing is you're kind of looking at them most of the time, make sure they're healthy, make sure that, um, you know, that they're all look good. And, but if you see one that's glassy eyed or bawling or it's not acting like the rest of the herd, then you take them out of the herd, put them in a holding pen. Then you go ride the pasture, check the weeds and make sure there's no noxious weeds. Make sure the grass is not too short. Make sure the water's okay. Go upstream, you know, right upstream, make sure there's not a dead animal upstream. Some, you know, just a, there, there's a litany of small things mm -hmm. you do, but there's always something in the pasture. I mean, if there's a sick, if a cow yeah. gets sick, there's something wrong in the pasture. Yeah. So it's about terrain, you know. So anyhow, <clears throat> I grew up with that. Anytime I looked at anything regarding health, well, what's caused mm -hmm. it? You know, like one of the kids who gets sick, well, what caused yeah. that? You know, what are you eating? What's going on? What's eating you? You know, all these kind of things. And so anyhow, but I, I have that basic background. But anyhow, after I left that environment, I spent 30 years in the communications industry, primarily cable television and 
microwave satellites, all that kind of stuff. But anyhow, in that industry, <clears throat> when we built the cable systems, uh, we learned early on back in the 50s that you you have to ground every the drops the or the wires that go into the house. Otherwise, there's static electricity builds up on the lines and or there's lightning in the air or just any number of things. But in order to maintain a high quality picture and a signal, I mean, make sure there's no noise in it and all this kind of stuff from static and, and just electrical noise. So you have to ground it and ground it. So you splice the wire and you connect it to a ground rod and reconnect it and run it in to the TV set. And so that way, if there's any lightning or discharge of any kind, then it goes to the ground and doesn't go into the house where it could otherwise burn up the TV, blow up the TV, cut it and start a fire. It's all about, it's all about fire. So, 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 so I I know this is a podcast for physicians and now we're talking about grounding electrical devices. What does that have to do with us? What does it have to do with humans? Okay. Well, first of all, the earth is, maintains a slight negative charge. And the word negative means, in this case, means no charge, but it means an abundance of free electrons that can move rapidly and reduce charge, like reduce, you know, lightning is a mm-hmm. reduction of charge or static electricity. If you, anything, anytime you ground anything, what you're doing is you're connecting it to the mm-hmm. earth so that the, the electrical surface charge of the earth migrates up the wire and then it grounds the chassis of a refrigerator or a computer or anything in order to prevent the possibility of an electrical event where somebody might get yeah. hurt. Because if it's at earth potential, then it'll just blow a fuse. Okay. If there's a problem in a refrigerator or something. So, but anyhow, the human body, again, you got to use cowboy logic here. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and, and body, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you're a wise cowboy because at the beginning of you said, you know, you may need some direction. We, we like to hear wise counsel at Practice Impossible because, you know, we are younger physicians and, you know, sometimes we think we know everything, but I think our wiser counterparts probably know more than we do. Well, it's, you know, uh, what age brings to the table is experience. Yeah. And it's not that you know exactly what to do, but you know what not to do <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. And then you're only left with those few things that seem, seem yeah. to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but, it, but anyhow, the human body is conductive. Mm-hmm. It's electrical first, chemical second, because you have to move some electrons in order for, you know, chemical changes or just anything goes on in the body. So you have to think about the body being electrical first. And then, then you have to go back and think like, well, before 1960, we were mostly barefoot. I was as a kid and we wore shoes to go to school or events and they were leather. And if they got wet, the, the water would, when they dried, they would ruin them. So you had to, if it was wet outdoors, raining, you took your shoes off and carried them or you had those dorky old galoshes. <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, the, the point was, before 1960, we were primarily barefoot. Okay, so when a human being stands on the earth, because it's conductive, it conducts earth's negative charge. The body's an electrical conductor. Mm-hmm. So, so it's negative. And there's only one thing the ground does, is reduces charge. 
Uh, we don't know that it does anything else, but it does maintain electrical stability in the in an uh, uh, electrical, like a computer mm-hmm. or an internal, the internal workings of anything electrical. Well, <clears throat> human body is the most electrical thing on the planet. There is nothing more electrical. Every cell, every every thought, everything, everything is you know, frequencies and, and electrons and protons and you know, everything from metabolism to ATP, you name it, it's all electron-based, the electron transport yep. chain, everything. Yep. We do we do EKGs, okay. we do electrocardiograms, we do yeah. electroencephalograms. Yeah. Uh, those things are, are exactly. conducted. So it's all mm-hmm. electro. So <clears throat> anyhow, uh, there's more to the story, but sure. uh, in short, I just one day accidentally was messing around, and I had a computer that crashed, kept crashing. And it was back in the 90s. So you get static electricity on your body and you touch an Apple computer or one of those that weren't grounded. And the, the computer would glitch up. Then you'd have to shut it down, bring it back up, and then continue on with mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got really tired of that day. So I took a piece of metal copper tape, laid it across my desk, connected it with an alligator clip and a wire to an electrical ground. So then I would touch the... The ground strip before I would touch the computer got rid of my problem. So, so let's 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 dive into that because you said you connected a copper wire onto your computer and you connected it. It was tape. I just laid it down to the. I just laid it down on the desk in front of the laid computer. Down. So where so was I that? Where was it connected to? Well, I connected it with a wire to the electrical ground. You know the little third. Ah, so you actually did it in the third hole. So, so some of the yeah. people in the audience may not know what that is. So where does that third hole go? What what is that? You mean third hole well, in the socket? In the in the yeah, and in all electrical sockets have a ground. Uh, and any home be you know probably after 1970, they all have a ground wire in the walls. So that little hole is connected to a ground wire that goes throughout the house, and then it's connected to a ground rod that is driven into the earth. So it has nothing to do with the Current electricity it has everything to do with uh, bringing the electrical potential of the Earth to that point or to anything that's has a ground pin on it uh, in order to maintain it at Earth yeah. potential, safe Earth yeah. potential. So where was I? <laughs> so you were talking about the the I, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. So the co- yeah, the copper right. wire connected to the computer desk. Yeah, uh, you touch it and it yeah. didn't have the interference. No. with the static electricity. So anyhow, I went outdoors shortly after that, and I was sitting on a bench, and uh, a big tour bus Uh pulled up, and a tour group, and they were from Japan, so they were a little shorter in stature, general, and they were all wearing white Nike tennis Mm -hmm. shoes, or it could have been Adidas, I don't know, (laughs) but, you know, the white tennis shoe, and it looked like you know, there must have been a sale because everybody was wearing a similar pair and they were white and they were big. And so they just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. I didn't think anything about it, uh, but all of a sudden I just had this intuitive hit that I wonder if there's a consequence to humans no longer being naturally grounded. I did not know, had no reason to ask the question other than us playing with static electricity. And I just pondered a little bit. So that night I went home. And I started measuring the difference on my body, the electrical potential of my body versus the earth when I'm not grounded and I'm just walking around in my house. 
or laying on my bed. And then I recognized all of these huge voltages, especially static electricity, lots of high voltage. If you see a spark come off your finger on a doorknob, that's four or 5,000 volts. Really? So it's huge. Yeah. So it's big numbers. And it's like in, in the early days in cardiovascular when they were doing open heart surgery, the number one thing that killed people was static electricity leaking into the body. Huh. So they had, they didn't even, people weren't even aware of static electricity. I mean, except for gasoline and gasoline companies and dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then the chips and everything came later. But <clears throat> so anyhow, I started playing with it. So I thought, what well, just out of curiosity, I did the same thing I did at work. I went to the hardware store and bought a, a roll of three inch wide metal duct tape and I laid it on my bed and connected it to an alligator clip, threw a wire out the window, connected it to a ground rod in the earth. And then I took a, an electric meter and a voltmeter and connected it to the ground rod. And then I would lay on the tape and then I'd touch the voltmeter with my body. And then I would, if it went to zero, I knew I was grounded. I knew it was like standing barefoot on the earth. When I wasn't, then I would have all these voltages hmm. on me. So I thought, wow, there's something here. And so the most amazing thing, I was at that time, I was about 50 years old. I had, you know, I was a skier, cowboy, I tennis, I've done it all. <laughs> but I had more aches and pains in my body than than a drunk punch boxer or punch drunk boxer, whatever you call it. And anyhow, so I, so for me to go to sleep, I usually had to take Advil or, or I would just leave the TV on and until I went mm-hmm. to sleep. And, but anyhow, that night I, all I remember is I was playing with the meter and the next thing I knew it was morning and the meter was down by my side. And I thought, wow, there's something going on here because I don't fall asleep like that. So anyhow, a couple of days later, I did it. I did the same thing over for a couple of days, times. And then I went and uh, got, got a hold of a couple of my friends that lived in the neighborhood. And I said, you guys need to try this. And, you know, I could be nuts, but you need to try it. And I said, because everybody has, nobody sleeps well. They, nobody in America sleeps well. So anyhow, I said, you know, let's do it. And so we connected them up. Sure enough, a few days later, they came over and said, well, yeah, this really helps you sleep. And then the one guy, he said, you know, he says, do you think this could be helping my arthritis? Because my arthritis has gone way down. And I said, I don't think so. I said, I think it just helps sleep by getting the voltage off your body. And then I realized that, wow, my pain is way down. So then I knew I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. I just said, you know, this is really interesting. And so I just thought, well, it's something we don't know about. It's something that everybody in the world knows about, but we just don't know about it. (laughs) So then I started doing research and nobody, there's nothing in the literature that speaks to reducing pain or improving sleep by grounding. Nothing whatsoever. Now, there's a lot of now that I wrote wrote the book and everything. There's a lot of people stepped up and and brought things forward that were historical 100 years ago, 200 years ago. And, you know, it's a thousand years ago. They would tell people to bury their feet in the earth and and it would heal your gnarled bones, meaning arthritis. Yeah. And, And then Native Americans where I grew up. I mean, I often talk about a story about a... Young girl, she was maybe six or seven. She had uh, scarlet fever, and she was native. I mean, lived on the reservation. And my best friends growing up were Native Americans, so I we spent a lot of time in there in that environment. And one day we went home, and I saw. I mean, they had brought the girl home, and they said there was nothing they could do for her. 
So one of the elders, they went out and they dug a pit in the ground that was about maybe, I don't know, because I was younger then. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, they dug this little pit in the ground, put some straw in it, and they put her in it, covered her with a blanket, and they built a fire next to her. And the elders took turns just sitting with her 24 hours a day. And three or four days later, she broke fever, got up, and started moving around. And they didn't expect her to live. And it was a big cause of death back in those days. But anyhow, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of anecdotal stuff. Yeah. But that all showed up after the fact. So, so, and you're not a physician. You're not medically trained, right? No. So, the only, thing I, the only thing I know is electrical. Yeah. I look at everything electrical. So, were you an engineer? Uh, you have an engineering background, or what was your? What did you? I was more of an entrepreneur. More of an entrepreneur. Okay. And I used to hire engineers right and left okay. to help build cable systems. Okay. I was the first person to ever put data over a satellite and feed it to a personal computer. I think differently than everybody else. <laughs> I saw a computer as a TV set without a signal, so I needed a signal. So we went around the world and gathered up all of the newswires and international feeds, mm -hmm. you know, from Kaido from Japan, you know, Tasks from Russia, all of them. We put them in a unified data stream, put them over the satellite, feed them into a, into the back of a computer. Now you could have your own little keyword, do your keyword search on a data stream and create your own little uh, newspaper. This is back in the time when Waz and Steve were in the garage <laughs> and, and, and the internet was not something any of us ever heard of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, That's but yeah, awesome. so I've always, yeah, I always, I guess I just see things differently. I don't know why, but anyhow. Back to, so you created your own experiments, and yeah, those created, ex you, you, those experiments now have been reproduced, and oh yeah. So, what have you seen as? And by the way, we're, we're going to share a lot of this research in our show notes at the end. But what have you seen as one of the major effects of grounding in terms of illness? You, you had the anecdotal arthritis and, and sleeping, but you know I've seen studies where they actually show increase in blood flow in your face when you ground their, your face with uh, skin lesions and things of that nature. What have you seen as the, the study that kind of is yeah. well, prominent? Well, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it all because I, I didn't do the studies, but I promoted them, sponsored them, okay. pushed, prodded, and got everybody to get them done. But I think the most important thing, I mean, first of all, you have to understand that what we recognized, first of all, was pain disappeared when you're grounded. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter whether it was flaring arthritis or crippling, you know, you know that chronic pain or later we found out lupus, MS, you know, any of these flaring diseases, well, inflammatory flares. But anyhow, at that time, nobody had heard of the word inflammation. Back in late 90s, it wasn't, it wasn't in the language. Doctors never, nobody talked about inflammation. They talked about oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, inflammation was the first thing that I ran into a, a doctor by the name of Stephen Sinatra, who was a cardiologist. And I liked him because he, was, he understood electrical. No other doctor out there knew what I was talking about. They thought I was nuts. <laughs> but again, this is back in the late 90s. So anyhow, I went to Stephen and I asked him, I said, why, you know, this is what we're doing. And he says, first of all, Clint, he says, if you're reducing pain, you should be looking at inflammation. 
Uh, and this is when some of the early studies were being done in 202, 203 mm-hmm. on inflammation. Yeah. And he said, you need to be looking at inflammation because you can't have pain. Pain is a byproduct of inflammation. Body's on fire. Inflame. Body's inflamed. Body's on fire. And I said, okay, we got to make sense of this because we're grounding somebody and putting out a fire inside the body. Well, I understand grounding a cable to prevent a, a fire in, in the home from a lightning or being not grounded and so on. So I, I just, again, it was cowboy logic and intuition all the way. It didn't make sense because I could go to the literature. There was nothing there. Yeah. So, uh, so what had, sorry, go ahead. But you had to ground somebody before you could do open heart surgery. I found that out. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, after doing some research, I, I didn't know that either myself. So, you know, I try to do some research on coastal living and populations yeah. that uh-huh. live on the coast. Do they live longer than we do? And there's, there's a couple of anecdotal sure. research studies that show that if you do live in the, on the beach coast, uh, that you live longer. Have you seen that? Because my idea is, Hey, you live on the coast, you're probably near a beach, you're probably on sand, and you're probably grounding more. What have you seen yeah. in terms of that, that type of research? Well, here, here's a good example. Like if you get up around Montana, going into Canada, that, that's called the autoimmune belt around the globe. Huh. Okay. There's only two or three, maybe 10 days a year that you could have a picnic outdoors and go barefoot. Other than that, you're wearing shoes, you know, shoes all at all times, and then you're wearing heavy fur-lined boots all winter, yeah. <laughs> and, and so on. Where if you go towards the equatorial area, uh, autoimmune disease is very low, and so the corollary to me is very simple. It's people, in, you know, south of a certain uh, latitude, they they wear flip-flops and go barefoot. <laughs> now, people, so so, co- so does leather conduct? Is, Sorry, didn't. Does leather yeah, con- leather, yeah. One, if you uh, wear a leather boot or a leather shoe, your feet sweat profusely. I mean, as time goes on, even with socks on, they sweat, and they, so that perspiration hydrates the sole of the shoe, and then the body salts build up. So they're very, they're some, they're, they're semiconductive. <laughs> so in nature, uh, if you are wearing moccasins or whatever, or leather of some kind, then that you're grounded. You know, it's, so, it's, it's fascinating that we haven't had the, the large clinical trials or, or, or have we had the larger clinical trials sponsored by big universities to look at this research? Have you seen any of that? Well, I've been trying for, you know, I've, I've sponsored all the studies that have been done to date. There's about 30 peer reviewed published studies. They were all proof of concept studies just to show that no matter what you do to the human body, because it's electrical and systemic, no matter what you do, Grounding affects everything in the body. Hmm. And I can tell you how and why, but people are interested. The scientists, the researchers, and a lot of them say, how in the hell did we miss this? <laughs> <laughs> but then five minutes later, they go back to what they're doing because their life and their livelihood is about what they do, yes. their research, their their thing. I'll, I'll give you an example. This is not to pick on doctors at all. You can pick on me. You can pick on no, me. No, I don't want to pick on I don't. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for good doctors. So, but anyhow, I have some friends in Southern California, cardiologists. And one of them, he runs a, he has like three or four cardiologists and a half a dozen staff, all that kind of stuff. And they started buying our recovery bags or some of our grounding products. And he would buy every six months, he'd buy some more. And one day he called me on the phone. He says, 
I said, you know, I'm going to be going by. I'd like to stop by and just, I'll drop him off. But I'd like to just meet you. And so I went in, sat there and visited with him. And and I said, well, what do you do with these things? And he says, well, we use them to to stay off the hypertension meds. And I said, what are you talking about? Doctors don't need hypertension. Cardiologists are supposed to be smart, healthy people, you know. And uh, he said, no, he says, uh, keep the staff happy and so on. I said, well, why don't you give them to your clients? He says, oh, we could never do that. He, he put his hand on my shoulder and he pointed at the door and he says, look, he says, every time somebody walks through that door, they're worth about $10,000 to us in testing and yeah. all that stuff. And we, and if I don't get them script, if I don't write them script, they're going to go to somebody else. Mm. But once I get them on the test, get them on the script, then they're going to come back and see me, you know, every three months or whatever. And that's my cable system, my cable television. Huh. <laughs> but, but anyhow, but the point was this. Yeah. He said, listen, I went to school for 12 years, maybe 13, and I still have debt. I'm married to a woman who is married to a doctor who like expects to live like a woman who's married to a doctor. <laughs> and I have all this staff and I have to pay them. So I can't tell anybody to go home, take their shoes off, get grounded and get grounded, get well for free. Get grounded and get well for free. He said, it's not the model. You know, we, we have grocery stores, we have automobile dealers, we have doctors, we have, we're all, we're caught up in this system. Yeah. And we can't break free from it because we have to have create revenue to pay taxes and to pay wages. Yeah. So school then. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm here to say that we can break it. And uh, that's what we try to well, do. Well, you can. Yeah. I think that's happening more today. 20 years ago, it was not. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about uh, but, 20 but, years ago. This is 20 years. No, I was talking, I was talking about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. This was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyhow, you know, the, but you, we have to get back to the story for a little bit. Yeah. The first thing that we had to learn is what's the mechanism of action? How does grounding the body reduce pain? Yeah. We know how it reduces, prevents fire by grounding charge and not letting it get into, you know, get it to the earth rather than burn up a house or burn up something. So as time went on, I started doing a little bit of research and I ran across a paper that explained white blood cells and neutrophils, microphages and cytokines and everything. And I, when I read that neutrophils, when you, if you have a pathogen in your body, a neutrophil will swim over, mm-hmm. the immune system sends it over, however that all works. And it will encapsulate, wrap itself around a pathogen or a damaged cell. It's kind of like a, a jelly cell. It was, you can actually see pictures of it. Mm-hmm. And, and when it does, it, once it encapsulates the pathogen, then it will release what you call reactive oxygen species. Now, the word reactive, to me, that's an electrical term. So what it is, these reactive oxygen species are electrically charged molecules, and they're electrically charged because they're missing an electron, or they have an electron imbalance. And so... What they do is they can, because they're reactive, they can strip an electron from a pathogen. And that's how the body oxidizes and destroys pathogens yeah. or, da- or damaged cells. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. And so I understood that was my first clue. The second clue was, and it took a little while to figure this out, but once we realized that 
Because people are no longer, you know, when you ground the body, it puts the fire out. So that means the body's short electrons, short of redox potential, short of potential of potential to reduce hydrogen, however you want to, you know, whether it's pH imbalances, it's all the same thing. It's all a measure of voltage yeah. and it's all a measure of electrons. So I started looking at it and looking at it. And then all of a sudden, one day, the light bulb went off that there's not enough electrons in the body. So when we ground the body, then the body becomes saturated. Instantly touches the earth, it equalizes with and absorbs and becomes, and the body is at earth potential, meaning it has the same amount of free electrons as the earth itself does, you know, parata. So then we started grounding people and uh, immediately pain would go away. And then we started to recognize that it was the immune system itself. Back then it was about oatmeals for antioxidants and blueberries and all of this craziness. <laughs> you know, the body doesn't work that way. The body's systemic and it's a whole different thing than people on Main Street understand. So <clears throat> I thought, well, okay, what's happening here is, you know, the backstory. So basically in 1960, 90% of the visits to a practitioner were for infectious disease, mm -hmm. childbirth, and acute injury. Maybe 10% for mental, you know, Stress, those kind of things. Today, probably 95% or more of all visits to a practitioner are for an inflammation-related health disorder, meaning everything from autism to cancer to lupus to MS to Parkinson's. All of these modern degenerative health disorders are inflammation-related health disorders. So what I figured out was it's the immune system itself that is causing the inflammation yeah. because the immune system is sending out a neutrophil, it oxidizes the pathogen. And if there's not enough redox potential or enough free electrons to reduce any remaining radicals, then they're going to go snatch an electron from a healthy cell, damage it. It screams out to the immune system, hey, something's still here getting me. Immune system sends another neutrophil. So all of a sudden you have a chain reaction. And it's just continued collateral damage. And that's what starts the fire of inflammation. That's where the word fire comes from. When you're burning a log, that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so anyhow. So I think, I, you know, I think what you're describing is something that we as practitioners, as providers don't necessarily understand sometimes. And we, we treat it, we, we put band-aids on the, on the problem. Yeah. We have a, had a patient today that was asking for a drug that she used to take that was to treat a disorder that she had that I had never prescribed before because it, I think it was for diabetes. And, and I said, well, have you been walking? No, I haven't been walking. I haven't been doing anything physical. And, but yet they're looking, patients are looking for answers, looking for band-aids, looking for things, but they're not looking at the, the root cause of the problems. And I think, at least from my experience, I have to say that after using some of the things that I've seen that you actually provide through your your organizations, I actually have my keyboard on a grounding pad right now. Uh -huh. And I used to have wrist pain that I don't have anymore since I started using it. I used to have very restless sleep. And now I have a blanket that I'm sleeping on. And I want to touch on that. Yeah. And I think we're we're hitting a hard stop on time, but let's pause and we'll come back to that. 
Okay, cool. So there you have it. Grounding, what earthing is with Clint Ober. And in two weeks, we're going to come back and talk about what you can do to ground yourself in your practice, in your life, and and just your everyday living. So we'll give you some practical tips. Couldn't fit everything in this episode. Stay tuned in two weeks. We'll be back with Clint Ober for more.